Greetings, everybody. Let's all gather in. Um, first of all, if you, this is your first time here at Calvary Gospel Church, we'd like to just uh, thank you for coming. We're so glad you're our guest of ours today. Um, we have a welcome center uh, that's you probably passed on your way into the sanctuary. We'd like for you to stop by there if you get a chance. We have a small gift for you. We'd like to just get to know you, get a little bit of information, and and uh, give you some information about our church. If you're visiting for the first time online, you can do that very same thing on the screen that you're seeing on on your uh, on your devices. You can you can just visit that Bitly forward slash connect to CG and fill out that information, and we will get in contact with you in a couple days or so. Uh, we're just happy that you're here, so thank you for coming and visiting with us today. Um, we want to remind everybody that we have four giving options here at Calvary Gospel Church. You can always give online if you go to cgcmadison.org forward slash giving. Um, you can give in person. Now, we don't pass the plates like uh, a lot of churches you may have been to, but we have these small boxes that are mounted to the wall on your way into the sanctuary. You can always drop an offering in there. If you're looking for an envelope, it's there and uh, you can give that way. You can always give by mail if you want to uh, give a check. I know that a lot of businesses, they do uh, quarterly giving or annual giving, so they just mail in a check. So you can do that at 5301 Commercial Avenue, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, just mail that check in, and then you make sure your information is included, and we will get back in touch with you and give you a giving statement at the end of the year that you can use. Uh, for your business or, or your home tax tax things. We're in tax season, right? So, uh, And there's a fourth way of giving, which is the one that we uh, we like to use the most here at Calvary Gospel Church. It's the mobile giving uh, that we use the app called Church Center. And you can pick that up at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and uh, just install that, enter in your phone number, and kind of get connected. Uh, you might have to search for a couple things. If you need any help from that, just see one of the pastoral staff. We can get you connected. And that will also connect you to all the awesome opportunities here at Calvary Gospel Church to uh, join a group or a ministry. And so we'd like for you to download that and uh, get connected in that way. Um, tonight, we want to remind all the men, there's a men's ministry service right here in the sanctuary at 6 p.m. Woohoo! All right, guys. Let's do it one more time. Tonight, there's a men's ministry service right here at 6 p.m. And so we'll be meeting here tonight. We're going to hear from a couple of speakers, and then we will uh, probably end up at Portillo's by the end of the night. And so uh, bring a little cash with you, and we'll, we'll go, we're just going to hang out and have a good time uh, after we worship and uh, come together and uh, listen to a couple speakers. Now, next weekend is our marriage workshop. Everyone is excited for that. It's called a date to remember. And so all of you guys that are great at procrastinating and putting things off and, and kicking the can a little further down the road, this is the end of the road. You can't kick the can any further. If you want to go to this or you, you fought with your wife or your husband this week and you know that there's some things you need to work on, this is a great opportunity to work on it. Now, typically, this, something like this over the course of a weekend, it costs about $250 for a, a couple. Uh, Calvary Gospel Church is sponsoring $100 for every couple that wants to attend this. If, so if you use the QR codes, and those QR codes can be found on the doors 
around the uh, entrances. You just scan that QR code, get yourself and your wife registered, and enjoy a, uh, a weekend together working on your marriage. And also, during that time, there's going to be uh, child care. So if you have children, um, you can work that out with them. Uh, we have child care at the facility. Now, this is not here at Calvary Gospel Church. This is at Restoration Church in Waterloo. If you haven't heard of Restoration Church, it's a brand new church plant that's going in in Waterloo. And so it's going to be at the facilities. It's a very nice place. It's called the Solarium. And so you just, uh, you can see all that information if you want to scan that code. And so let's get, let's get uh, registered for that. Now, February 24th, we want to remind everybody about the Opportunity Fair. Uh, that's coming up at the end of the month. This was the same thing as the Connection Fair last year. We're calling it the Opportunity Fair this year to match with our theme for the year, Opportunity Knocks. It's going to be February uh, 25th, Sunday, February 25th, and so there's going to be normal kids' classes and worship uh, at 11, but at 11.30, there's going to be a fair in the Fellowship Hall. We're going to have awesome hot dogs. Anybody like the hot dogs we had last year, the big hot dog bar? We're going to do that, but we're also going to add hamburgers this year. And so be a few more extra snacks. Now, if you are part of a ministry that wants to represent your ministry with a booth uh, to show people opportunities to, to be a part of your group or to recruit help, this is a great time to do that. And so we're asking all of our ministries and all of our small groups, our connection groups, to have a booth that's ready by February uh, 25th. Now, you can come in the, the day before and kind of get things set up, or you can come in that morning. But everyone, all of our church plants, all of our connection groups, all of our ministries, we want you to be there and be present and be, be uh, meeting people as we put together this awesome opportunity fair. Um, and so also we want to... Oh, no, that's it. That's the last one. <laughs> and so let's all stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Last night I I asked my wife, I was like, have you seen the, I'm looking for some Tylenol. I got a little bit of a headache. I found a couple of Tylenol and I went to bed and I woke up and I had this swelling here from a toothache. So I didn't have a headache. I had a toothache. I didn't realize it was what it was going on. And so if you're wondering why I look like I got punched in the face, yes, my wife did punch me, but that's not why it's swole. That's not why I'm swole up. She doesn't punch that hard. Uh, so this is just a toothache. So, uh, so if you wouldn't mind praying for me, it's a busy day for me. We have a service in DeForest today and a service back in, for men's service. Pastor Seidel's speaking here. And then he's going to drive to DeForest and speak in DeForest uh, also. So he's got a busy day today as well. And so we just need a lot of prayer for our ministry, our, our ministers and our staff. They all are kind of busted up and uh, things are going on. I don't know what, what the deal is, but it looked like we all were in some kind of a mixed martial art fight or something and now uh we're we're licking our wounds i don't know what's going on but i got look like i got a shiner almost from it but so we just asked for prayer now if you are wondering who the pastor of the church is his name is roy grant if this is your first time he's not here he's on vacation and so if this is your first time coming you should come back again and meet our pastor roy and we want to pray that uh god will be have his hand on him as he's getting some rest and relaxation and driving a lot a long ways from Texas this week. And so if anybody else here has any needs, would you just raise your hand by faith, believing that God can do anything in this place today? I believe God is present here to heal. I believe he can touch every situation, every financial situation, every emotional situation, every relationship problem. God can do it, amen? He can do it. And so right now we're going to go to Lord Prayer believing 
corporately that God is going to do something in this very moment that's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a healing. It's going to be a life change. Something's going to happen today that's going to be the rest of your life. You're going to remember that God did something and only he could have done it because we let him have it. So why don't you just lift your hands right now. If there's someone around you that you can feel that's needing some prayer, what's just Let's just, say, let's just pray out loud right now. Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch every situation in this sanctuary, Lord. Every single hand that's lifted, God. We give you all the glory and all the praise, God. We thank you, God, for being our king, God. We ask you to touch your people now, Lord. Touch your children, Lord. Help them, God. Deliver them, God. To, to heal them, God. We ask you, Lord Jesus, whatever the situation is, oh God, that you would step in, Lord God, and take control, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, God. We give you, we just lift you up, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing here today, Lord Jesus. We, we give you all the glory and honor. Would you just continue to worship the Lord with our with our music team as they, uh, they sing a couple songs? If you feel free to worship anywhere, you can step out into the aisle, you can sit down, you can come up front, but just feel free to worship any way you please right now. In Jesus' name. Bring it home. 
Healing your 
Praise God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful name. Say, what a wonderful name. It was not an uncommon name in the day that Jesus walked the earth. But he made it a powerful name. God manifest in flesh. Praise God. I want to read this morning from Mark 10. You can be seated. I'm going to read from Mark 10, verse 46 through 52. Don't stop worshiping. I feel the presence of God here. Praise God. I just want to feel his presence for a little bit. It's a, there's a depth here this morning in God's Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. I'm, uh, I'm speaking this morning from notes that I've revised and added to from a message I preached at the installation service for Brother Fabian Martinez at Vosas Unidas. So you're getting version 2.0, which is the longer version, by the way. Just, just so you know. Mark 10, 46 through 52. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Praise God. I said, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Jesus, it's nice when God stops for us. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you, and throwing aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. Of course, this garment identified him as a, as a blind man, as a beggar, and as a result, that is symbolic in itself. He rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, He didn't say, Duh. No. He said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He spoke the word. All he did was speak to him. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I'd like to speak this morning on the topic, Bartimaeus Jesus. Bartimaeus Jesus. See, we're not really sure what this man's name was. At least the way I understand it. Uh, they call him Blind Bartimaeus. But what that means, and, and the New King James Version gives the translation of it, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. You remember at one point when Jesus was speaking to Peter, he said, uh, uh, his name was Simon Peter, he said, Simon Barjona. His name was Simon. Barjona was his, what we call a surname, son of Jonah. 
So this is the, the blind Bartimaeus kid. We don't know really what his name was. He's just the son of Timaeus who happens to be blind. We don't know how many sons Timaeus had. We don't know how old this man was. Evidently, he's an adult. But he's still only known by two things, his father's name and his infirmity. Blind Bartimaeus, he's identified by his weakness. He wore the cloak of a blind man. Too often, we wear the cloak of our weakness, of our infirmity. We carry it around. It's how we identify ourselves, by our limitations. Matthew and Luke tell the same story, and, and, and one of them even talks about two blind men. So we don't even get the name of the other blind man. We don't even know his family name. So it leads me to believe that maybe Timaeus was somebody that was known. That name must have meant something. He was somebody. But this man was just the son of Timaeus, the blind one. Where was Timaeus? We don't, we don't hear anything about him. Was he passed away? Was he embarrassed by his son's infirmity? Was he somehow disgraced or fallen in the community? He, he's not even, just his name is given. And his son. I can just hear the people in the village, in the town of Jericho, saying, you know, that's Timaeus' son. You know about Timaeus, right? Jericho was actually a thriving town. It was in a fertile, watered plain. We know it's Old Testament uh, narrative. There were streams and springs there in Jericho. It was known for many palms and plants and trees. Herod even had a palace there. You know, Camp David, if maybe we'll call it that. Camp Herod. It was on a major trade route to Jerusalem. It was a, it was. A big deal in Israel. And Jesus is traveling there, but there, there is a, the town is full of people because now we're drawing close to Passover. And people are traveling through Jericho, stopping at Jericho overnight the, the, by the thousands. So there's a great crowd. And if we have the timing right, this is the last Passover in in. Jesus' physical life. Paul talks about, refers back to this time and he, when he's witnessing about Jesus, he said this thing was not done in a corner. By this time, they know who Jesus is. He'd recently been to Bethany he did a little thing of note there. He raised Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> He's traveling with this great crowd in the midst of this bustling town. But he heard the cry of these two men. They said, be quiet. Psalm 46, 10 in the King James Version, says it like this. 
Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, some people take that to mean we should be quiet in church. Somehow we didn't get the message around here. They like that, be still and know that I am God. We don't want none of that emotional stuff. No shouting. No dancing. No clapping or running or jumping in church. Be still. That's not what it means. The Amplified Version, the classic Amplified says, let be, let be, and be still. And know, recognize, and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Praise God. The net version, one other modern version says this. He says, stop your striving. That's really the, the message. Stop striving to do things on your own. Stop striving to make something happen in your own strength and recognize that I am God. I will be exalted over the nations. I will be exalted over the earth. This man could do nothing about about his eyesight. He was blind. He was tagged. He was identified. It was his infirmity. He was the blind son of Bartimaeus of Timaeus. Stop, stop striving. Not be quiet. When there's trouble in our lives, God doesn't want us to be quiet. When we're struggling financially, God's not telling us to be quiet. When we're hurting physically or emotionally, God's not saying be quiet. He's saying stop striving to do it in your own strength and call on me because I'm the one that has power over the nations. When you see political upheaval, when you see nations in strife, when you see people raging and making war, be still and know I'm God. See, it doesn't matter what we believe politically or socially if we, if we trust God, if we surrender to him. He's still God. He's still God. He's still God. He's still in control. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. When I was young, and I can't, I can't really identify my age at the time, but when I'm thinking somewhere 10 years old, 12 years old, something like that. Uh, many, many of you know that I had an older brother. He was eight years older than me. His name was David, and he had Down syndrome. So I grew up with my older brother as he was my playmate, basically, as a child growing up in, in the home. He had Down syndrome, and he was... He was he was the guy I learned to wrestle with. We played football in the living room, you know, that kind of thing. 
somewhere when I was 10 or 12 years old, somewhere in that era, age, he, uh, he's, we found out he had an eye disease. That he was, he was, uh, you see back then, I mean, this is back in the 60s, and our culture was just beginning to understand about special needs. They're just starting to figure it out. And my brother was born in the 50s, and, and my parents, when they tried to decide what to do to raise this special needs son, boy, our, our society did not have many good answers. I mean, they were terrible options for them. And they, this is a blue-collar home. This is a, a, a home with a, a growing family and, and not a lot of, of resources. So David spent a lot of time at home until he got a little older. And, and we lived in Winnebago County in Wisconsin. And, and, and actually, Winnebago County had, had programs, and there were families in, in uh, people that started programs that were actually uh, models for the rest of the country to meet with, uh, to, to provide for people with special needs. So we, my family was learning how to deal with, with this. While, my, while I was growing up, and, and David was eight years older than me, so he's probably 18, 20, maybe, I don't know how old, at least 20 years old by this time, and he, he had some other health issues, but his eyes are going bad, and the, we're told that it's a disease, and if it's not, if it's not treated, he could go blind. Well, it broke my heart. How can this be? He's got so many other things he's, he's got to deal with. Now this. And I, I, I did not know the Lord like I know the Lord today. I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. I wasn't raised in Pentecost. But we went to church every Sunday. And I knew, I knew enough that, that I can pray I can talk to God about this. And I was, I didn't, you know, I didn't have anybody to give me any direction or anything. I just, I, I wept. I cried. I called on the name of Jesus. I didn't know any better. <laughs> Praise God. They, uh, they said, here's some medication. And he's going to start wearing contacts. And some of his health issues had to do with his eyes already, and so it was really hard to remember those contacts, not those little bitty pieces that you put on the front of your eyeball, but the big ones that wrap all the way around the wrapped around like far back. Anybody ever have to wear those? The they were like they covered half your eyeball. I mean, into under the eyelid and everything. They were real soft, soft lenses as they called them. And guess what? Little brother John got sometimes to give David his medication in his eyes and, and to put those flimsy little contact lenses on for him. But praise God, he, he, his eyes got better. Amen. So years later, uh, by this time, Dave, my brother has, has been uh, living out of the home. He's uh, living in a, uh, 
assisted living type of situation. He's working uh, in, uh, they call them uh, workshops, sheltered workshop, they used to call them. I don't know what they call them now. Uh, a much more politically correct term, I'm sure. And uh, he, so he's working part-time and, and making a little bit of money, and he's living in a group home, and he's learning. He's living, now he's in his 30s, I think. And uh, we have a family get-together at my parents' house, and, and we're all in the kitchen. Everybody's loud because we're a really loud family. Everybody speaks loud and talks loud. And when, when we get upset, we get really loud. And we're all in the, living, in, the, in the dining room, in the kitchen, and making a lot of noise. And, and suddenly, I don't know who it was, if it was me or if it was someone else, somebody said, David. And just everybody stops. And, and they said, what did you say, David? And he just looks up and he repeats. He was kind of like talking to himself, sitting at the table, just kind of talking to himself. But I think it was my sister or my brother. They recognized that he was looking at something on the table. And this, this, this man who had so many limitations in his life, who was our culture, our society at that time, you know, told us that he would only progress this far mentally, emotionally, physically. He was reading to himself something on the table. We had no idea that he could read. We never even considered that. that But not only did God heal his eyes, I know, medication, but... He's way beyond what was expected of him when he was 10 or 20 years old. Working, living independently. And now he's, not only are his eyes better, he was wearing glasses by that time. His eyes are better, but he can read. Bartimaeus cried out. He did, not, he did not wait for someone else to, to do something. He cried out. I, I cried out to God. I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything about what the Bible said. I just knew that there was a God, and if he was the God that I thought he was, he cared enough about my brother to do something to heal him, to help him. Bartimaeus cried out, I've heard about Jesus. And if he's who they say he is, he's going to help me. It isn't until you recognize your need, until you're willing to admit it, until you're willing to send it before the throne that God can really do something for us. It's not until your heart cries out. Because that's where faith is born. It isn't until our mouth speaks the word of faith. You don't have to be a a biblical scholar to call on the name of Jesus. You don't have to be at church every Sunday to call on the name of Jesus. But there's more than one kind of blindness. And that, believe me, I understand that's a very real problem. We have family members who are struggling with vision 
issues. But a greater problem is the spiritual blindness that plagues our world. 2 Corinthians 4.2 says, We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Paul is talking about his ministry. But, he said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We are so blessed. Sometimes it just it blows me away. It's things that seem so obvious that the world can't see it. But it's because our we have been, it has been revealed to us. There's a light that comes in walking with Jesus Christ that allows us to see things for what they are. It has been said that there are none so blind as those that will not see. Peter talks about those who are willingly ignorant of the signs of the end time by choosing not to believe what the word of God says about things that have happened in the past. There are many among us in our world that have heard the word of God and refused to believe it. Not because they don't think it's possible or that they're sure it's not true, but they know that if they accept it, it will cause them to make a change in their lives. Sadly, there are those to whom God has revealed much truth, but have chosen to accept the world's perspective anyway. Paul talks about it in Colossians 2, where he warns us, he says, don't let yourselves be carried away like spoils of war. God does not only open blinded physical eyes, and let's believe God for that kind of miraculous work, even right in this place, maybe even today, in Jesus' name. But more importantly, and eternally, he opens spiritual eyes. That's my prayer, is that someone would see more clearly the way of God in your life, the will of God in your life, the love of God in your life. Praise God in Jesus' name. Second Corinthians 4, 5 picks up where the last passage I read left off. Paul says, we preach not ourselves. It's not about me. It's not about the, anyone in this place. But Jesus Christ, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, he cried out. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of God. Of Jesus Christ. Praise God. This phrase in the face of Jesus Christ, it means more than just seeing a face. That's that that is the image. But it's talking about the the, the familiarity, the, the the comfortable comfortableness in the presence of God. 
We have a, we have a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ that allows us to have understanding and revelation that the world needs to have. Praise God. We felt a, a powerful kind of a undercurrent almost of God's presence and worship this morning. But it was power, like it's like, you know, you go to the beach and they warn you about the undertow. So if, if you came here to just swim in the worship, maybe you felt that undertow. God pulling you into his presence. If you feel God's Holy Spirit today, if there's something tugging at your heart, if you're, if you're recognizing a spiritual hunger that you didn't know was there before, maybe there's a there's a light beginning to shine in your, in your mind that, that makes you want to know more. This is what we're talking about, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Jesus is here. All we have to do is cry out. Now, some of us our cries a little louder than others. <laughs> Some of us cry out in different ways. But I promise you, if you cry out to Jesus, he will hear you. He will reveal himself to you. I mentioned Colossians 2 before. Colossians 2, 6 says this, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Praise God. Paul was writing to, to the Colossian church. These were believers. He said, he said, don't let yourself be carried away like, like spoils of war, but keep walking in Jesus Christ. Keep walking. Walk. Walk. Whatever you know of God this morning, Whatever your relationship with Jesus Christ before you came into this building today, keep walking. Keep walking. No matter what the obstacle, no matter what the hardship, no matter what the, the fear, keep walking. No matter what you see, keep walking. We walk by faith, the Bible says, not by sight. And the day will come. The day will come when we see him face to face. John says we will know him as we are known. If you're struggling, if, if, you're, if there's an obstacle, if there's a trial in your life, let, let Jesus open your spiritual eyes today. Let him speak to your heart. Keep walking toward heaven. Bartimaeus didn't rely on anyone else. He couldn't rely on anyone else. No one else was willing to help him. It looks that way like he was there on his own. They had him identified. He's the blind son of Timaeus. Be quiet. 
Why would the parade stop for him? You may ask the same question. Why would Jesus care about me? But he hears us when we cry out. He cried out. He called on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name, the Bible says that is above every other name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do it in the name of Jesus. We baptize in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. This man whose name was not important to anybody else, the man who was identified by his weakness, his beggar's cloak, his blindness, he cried out for Jesus, thou son of David. That's a, that's, that title means a lot. He was expressing faith in Jesus Christ. He was, a, he, was, he was saying, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're the one. I believe you're the answer to my prayer. Just by thou son of David called on his name. He didn't sit quietly and concentrate. That's what some people believe prayer is. It's just think real hard and it'll happen. I always equate it with Dorothy clicking her ruby slippers. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Uh Uh-uh. The name of Jesus. Jesus, son of David. He didn't recite a prayer that somebody else wrote. He didn't sing a pretty moving worship song. He didn't have instruments. I don't even think he had anybody laying hands on him. Probably no oil. But he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. And Jesus stopped everything. Who was the one that he answered that day? Who was the one Jesus stopped for? Who was the one that Jesus found in the crowd? Not the most talented, not the most prosperous, not not even the most religious probably, but the one who cried out, Jesus. I don't think it was because he was the saddest or that he had the, the, he, he felt the sorriest for him or because he had the greatest need. I think it was because he expressed the greatest amount of faith. He had heard things about Jesus. He knew who he was. He heard about the healings. He heard about the miracles. Bethany was a day's journey away, and probably by then they knew that he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Thou son of David, Christ, the Messiah, help me, I have no other hope. It wasn't Bartimaeus' voice alone that got Jesus' attention, it was his faith. Hebrews says that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise God. Musicians can come. You believe that Jesus Christ will reward you? Not because you, you've made it to church 52 weeks in a row. 
not because you've never missed a prayer meeting, but because you believe he is who he says he is. He had faith in the name of Jesus. He believed Jesus was God in the flesh. He called on his name, and Jesus responded. Praise God. Someone here needs to know that Jesus is passing by. Let's stand. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You feel him calling you, drawing you? Is he passing by? We felt his presence. We feel his presence now. You need, to, you need to call on his name. We, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, that's why we make such a big deal out of being baptized in Jesus' name because it's the name above every other name. It's the name that carries the blood of the cross to our soul and washes it clean. In Jesus' name. He's calling us to salvation to service, to eternal life. Oh, but I I can't see. I can't see. Call on his name. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do? Hey, what do you want him to do today? What do you want him to do? What do you want me to do, blind man? You think Jesus didn't know what he wanted? Of course he did. That's why he stopped. But he had to speak it. He had to speak the word. To believe that Jesus could do it, he had to express his need. The Bible says he knows our needs before we pray. If you're just waiting for for Jesus to, to answer your prayer that you never prayed, it's not going to happen. But if you come and ask him, if you call on his name, we have, we'll give you the opportunity to come down front. And someone can pray with you. If you don't want anyone to pray with you, that's fine. But if you call on the name of Jesus, you don't have to come down front. But there's something that happens when we take that step of faith. There's, some, there's, a, there's a, a, a change in our spirit when we make the, take the physical act of, of committing What do you want me to do? Jesus said. He knows our needs. Immediately, the Bible says, Jesus spoke the words, and immediately, immediately, he received his sight. Praise God. What's the cry of your heart? We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. He said, come to me, you're you're heavy and weighed down. And I'll give you rest. He said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Praise God. Jesus gave Timaeus, his son, a new identity. He was healed. Now now Timaeus' son is Bartimaeus, the one who is healed by Jesus. Bartimaeus, Jesus. Bartimaeus, Jesus. His name was changed. Praise God. If you have a need today, if you, if you want direction, if you've never 
repented of your sin, which means you confessed it and, and asked God to help you change your life, you can come down here and pray. We want to pray with you. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's a, it's a gift that God has for you. You'll know you have it when you hear yourself speaking in other tongues. We'll help you with that. If you need healing, why don't you come down here and we'll pray with you for your healing. And if you, if you have a need, a special need, whatever it is, you're struggling to overcome something, you need, a, you need an answer in your business, whatever it is, come right down front and someone, will, and, and someone can pray with you. And I, like I said, you, you don't have to have anybody pray with you. If you'd rather pray alone, that's fine. You want to pray where you're at, but please come. Please step out from where you are. Maybe you're not well known. Maybe nobody here knows your name, but I know someone who does. His name is Jesus. Maybe you're only identified by your father's name and you're always thought of as somebody else's son, but I know Jesus knows who you are. Maybe you, you wear your weakness, your failures like a cloak. Just throw that off and come down and let Jesus change your world, change your life and give you a name that's above every other name. Let's pray. Jesus the most beautiful name of all names Jesus the only name
people down here praying. I want to encourage you, if you feel led, to come and pray with them, especially some of these children who may be seeking the Holy Ghost. Come and pray. If you, if you have been led by the Spirit, pray with these that have needs here, these that have need of healing, these that are struggling with one thing or another. Praise God. That's why we're here. That's why we're in the church.
with the idea that God was in a far off place and I had to do certain things in order to get his attention and maybe even talk to certain people before I could have his attention. But the Bible lets us know that he's never far from any one of us. If only we will reach out to him. Praise God. That is that is a source of strength every day for me to know that God is never far from me. Not because I deserve it, but because he loves me. Praise God. So be assured as you go through the week, whatever comes your way, that Jesus is not far away. And if you will call on his name, he will be there. Let's pray one more time as we dismiss in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Even when we fail, oh God, you are faithful. So God, help us to honor you with our faithfulness this week in prayer and in worship. Bless our household, bless our families, and let each of us be a blessing to someone else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Don't forget men's ministry meeting tonight. The opportunity fair coming up. Sign up for a... a Connection group, if it appeals to you, in Jesus' name.